The Denver Broncos couldn't hack it in Sunday's loss to the New York Jets, falling a one and four on the season. What went wrong in this game, and what is the outlook now as the Broncos sit at one and four? Well, we're going to dive deep into that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It was a tale of two halves as the Denver Broncos fought a one and four on the season after a 31 to 21 loss to the New York Jets. Nathaniel Hackett getting his revenge here. Welcome to another postgame episode here. Lockdown Broncos, Broncos country. Sorry that it has to come on the heels of another loss and not a victory Monday here, but we got to break down all the action and get that on today's brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to Broncos country for hanging in with everybody here as the Broncos are going through yet another tough and difficult season, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Sarah, another Sunday, another similar outcome that I think we've all been accustomed to over the course of the last however many years that we've been doing this thing here. The Broncos dropped to 1-4 and four in disappointing fashion, a home loss in a game, to be honest with you, with the way that they started and the energy that they had early on. They shouldn't have lost this game, man, but they just let it get away from them in the second half. I mean, it was really a tell of two halves when we talk about it. Yeah, it was a, a brutal game to have to go through. Cody, obviously, I know you were there. I'm pacing around my house watching this game. And honestly, you know, uh, thankfully wasn't holding anything to to throw because, man, it, it's just so it is so tough. Right. At the first half felt like the Broncos were in the driver's seat to the point that, like, weren't really worried about the safety that Russell Wilson got called on him for intentional grounding in the end zone. Weren't really worried about the fact that you didn't convert in the red zone because it kind of felt like maybe the defense was doing a much better job. And Zach Wilson, obviously, you force him to throw the ball quite a bit more, and the Broncos were excelling at defending that in the first half of this game. Even got the Jets to make a huge mistake there right before the end of the first half when Zach Wilson completed a pass in bounds to CJ Uzama, who was tackled in bounds. Clock expires. All of a sudden, you're like, ha ah, Nathaniel Hackett, game management, clock <laughs> management. <laughs> Second half, all we had Broncos get the ball to start. And, and everything was downhill from there. Three and out to start the second half. In, immediately, the next play, Brees Hall, touchdown. And it just felt from that point on, it was like the Broncos were kind of like deer in headlights, just in a total state of shock. Couldn't do anything offensively. Couldn't stop the run defensively. And just ultimately, it was, like you said, a tale of two halves. The first half really felt like you were in control of this game. But in the second half, really felt like it got out of hand quickly. And it certainly did. And and look, I, I know everyone's going to talk about, okay, Nathaniel Hackett gets his revenge. Look, obviously the Jets won, but it wasn't like Hackett won them the game. Essentially, like, he called like going to the fourth quarter. Denver was trying to mount the comeback a little bit. All the Jets had to do on third down was hand the ball. If they decided to throw it, Patrick Sertan intercepts the pass there. And all of a sudden things are like, oh, a little dicey there. But, you know, I, I I guess it could be a Nathaniel Hackett revenge game. You know, if my play call was to hand the ball off to Brees Hall and just let him do work. And it's just like 
once again, man, it's just Denver losing in ways that they shouldn't lose. And it's the same story every single week. Just it looks different. It's dressed up a little bit differently. You know, the pig this time doesn't have just on lipstick. It has a wig on. And so this is just where we're at right now with where this team is at. And it's frustrating, too, because, look, going back in the locker room after the game, like this is the thing I, I don't think fans are going to see a lot of. Right. And obviously it's frustrating. The outcome's frustrating. These guys in that locker room, they're frustrated. They're pissed. You know, it's the same story. And that's that. Unfortunately, it's going to have to change somehow. But there's so many different things that go into it. So we'll, we'll dive deep into that. A little bit of a comeback attempt by Denver late. Unfortunately, uh, off the right side, I, I think it was Quincy Williams or something like that that came off, sacked Russell Wilson. He fumbled the ball, was scooped up by, the, I believe it was Bryce Hall. <laughs> they got a lot of Bryces and Breeces there in New York. Ran it in for a touchdown. That really made the score 31 to 21. And just unfortunate here for the Broncos once again. And, and look, there was no downfield passing game in here. Like we didn't see the Broncos attempt a deep shot once. And look, I can tell you this from the press box. I, I got to go back and watch the all 22 because I, so many things happen live. It's so hard to see, especially, you know, on a broadcast, but being at the game in person and watching it, it's hard to keep up with a lot of things, but the way the Jets defense was playing with their safeties, they were playing that too high look and rolling down, like kind of what the Broncos used to be really good at. And they were just keeping everything in front of them. Like they were, they didn't even try to take any deep shots. I didn't even see any deep routes really being run here by Denver in this game. So to me, it was a little weird because everything was short to intermediate. And look, they got the run game going early on. And unfortunately, we were talking about it here in a loss. But man, Jaleel McLaughlin was the star of the show in the first half. I, I want to pinpoint this because, right, I'd say Jaleel McLaughlin was probably the only bright spot to come out of this game. Obviously, Sertan had an interception there. But aside from that, here's the most disappointing thing, Sarah, about this entire game, okay? Going into halftime, the Broncos had 183 total yards of offense. At maybe like 10, you know, nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, they had 185 total yards of offense. So you're telling me through an entire quarter where you're going punt, 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 fumble, you, you only accumulate two yards of offense in that third quarter going to the fourth quarter. Like, to me, that's it's unacceptable, and it's, it's unheard of. And once again, the Broncos are finding ways to lose ugly. And, and I hate to sound like I'm harping here, but I think it's very valid. How many times, Sarah, do we every single week, right, on social media, we see somebody tweet it out. If you really want to watch some really bad football, turn on the Broncos game, right? That was the Broncos-Jets game today. It was the worst football game that we saw all day. And it just seems to be the theme here for Denver once again. It just, to me, it's the definition of insanity, the same thing every single week, just dressed up a little bit differently. And it is driving me and many others, I'm sure, listening insane, Cody. I know for you as well, just us covering the team, like people who listen to this podcast, obviously they they probably know if they've been listening for any amount of time. Like I am a Denver Broncos fan who provides analysis of the team. I don't, I don't try to, you know, just sugarcoat stuff or try to make everything. I try to be positive, Cody. I try to be honest and I try to be real about the way that things are. And I try to, you know, suggest ideas of ways I think the team can get better. Really what the Denver Broncos feel like to me right now as a fan of the team is like a high school friend. And I, and no disrespect to any of my high school friends. love those guys. But like, it's like, hey, I, they were my best friends in high school. Like that was my world for a, a long period of time. And, and like, I hung out with those guys every single day. We created some of the best memories together. And then we graduated high school. And now it's like, you know, I, I've been graduated high school since 2008, Cody. So you do the math right there for me. That's my first Tell me year. how long it's been. So, so what I'm getting at here is the fact that like 
are are the good times with the Broncos like a high school friend that you had? You know, that's like, man, we had we had so many good times together. We made so many good memories. And at this point, it's like, I don't I don't even know these guys out there, Cody. And I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. Like, of course, I'll always love the Denver Broncos. I'll always have love for the Broncos. It's too, it's way too deep. It's embedded into my DNA. I was telling my son the other day, like, Cruz. The Broncos are part of our family, dude. So you just got to get used to it. And he's like, Dad, the, the Broncos are not part of our family. I'm like, yes, they are. Just be quiet and watch the game. But it's <laughs> that's how it is. But right now yes. it feels more like a, a high school friend that you haven't talked to in 15 years. It's like, who who even are these guys? What is what is this team? Like, what are they becoming to me? Like, I'm, I'm so frustrated with the way they're playing every single week. Like you said, it's driving me insane. So... That's kind of my post game rant. I'm I'm being overly dramatic, I'm sure, but at the same time it's like that's the only analogy that I can really come up with right now as to how maybe some other fans are feeling towards this team. It's like an estranged old friend that you used to know really well, you have some great times with and now it's like what do we even say to each other? You know, we're going out to eat together. What do we even say? Yeah, well look, I I don't think you're the only one who feels that way because there was at one point where, I mean, Denver was down, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, 24 or 13 at, at one point. Fans got up, like massive droves of fans just got up and left. They're like, you know what? I'm not staying for this. I'm not going to try to be stuck in traffic the entire time. And obviously, they, it was a mass exodus to the to the stands. Which, once again, I mean, that's two games that I've seen so far from the Broncos at home where that has happened. I mean, we talk about the Commanders game. We talk about this game in particular. It's just been ugly man but you know what we got to dive into a little bit more of the negative stuff what were some of the biggest misses from the broncos in this game against the new york jets well broncos country you're gonna get that on today's lockdown broncos post game report today's episode of lockdown broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at fan duel sportsbook america's number one sportsbook snap into the nfl this season with fan duel america's number one sportsbook as week five of the season approaches with a wide variety of different matchups where you can get in on the action exclusively at FanDuel. And right now, new customers, they can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Once again, you place a $5 bet as a new customer, you're going to get $200 back in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's the best thing about FanDuel Sportsbook. It doesn't matter. Like when you sign up, bang, they're going to get that $200 into your account for bonus bets that you can use for a wide variety of action. And especially if you've been looking to join FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all that action than right now. The app, it's super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Major miscues plagued the Denver Broncos in a loss to the New York Jets at home in the very first game the Broncos ever played wearing white helmets. We're going to discuss everything that went down in this game, all the miscues and relive some of those terrible moments. But before we do, we want to give a huge shout out to every single one of you that makes Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. And especially for you every dayers that rock with Lockdown Broncos during tough times like this, you need a place that you can vent. You need a place where hopefully Cody and I say things that really resonate with the way you're feeling and you feel validated with your frustration towards the team. We are here for you every single day, free and available everywhere that you get podcasts. And you can also watch on YouTube. Cody, if you want to see some of the visual reactions of the, the Denver Broncos post game, you are not going to see any realer emotions than you will on this podcast. I, I know 
that this game is tough. It's it's really been tough, Cody, from from everyone's vantage point. Be covering the team, just watching these games. Even if you're just an NFL fan, I mean, if you're a fantasy football player, you're frustrated at the Broncos. If you're an NFL fan, you're like, this is garbage. The Denver Broncos in this game, they forced four fumbles against the New York Jets. Forced four sack, strip sack on Zach Wilson twice. Forced the punt returner to fumble twice. They recovered only one. They fumbled three times and lost all three. So do the math on that one, Cody. That's six fumbles that went the Jets' direction in a game that you lost by just 10 points. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it, a lot of missed opportunity, man. And once again, look, you, you were spot on with what you said about how draining it is. Like for me, I'm not a fan of the Broncos. Right? I'm, I'm an NFL fan. I love football. I'll watch all 32 teams and I'll love every ounce of it here. But it's like when Denver plays the way that they do because I cover it in person every day. You know, fans fans are frustrated, and rightfully so. They have every right to be. But, you know, often at times, I'm just a messenger, and I get it taken out of me. So I'm just a human being, too. So sometimes, I, you know, take it easy on me, Broncos country. I'm here with you. I sympathize. Look, bad football is not fun to watch. But you summarized it there. Three fumbles that Denver obviously lost that they did not recover. Four, four forced fumbles that they couldn't recover. Like, to me, that's just like, what, what is going on? And there were times, too, Sarah, where I felt like in this game in particular – in the fourth quarter, okay, Denver has a chance. Right? I think they're down 24 to 13. They get the ball back, right? There was no urgency, right? Russell Wilson found Jerry Judy for like a big time play down the middle of the field. And then from that point forward, like the offense, they only have one timeout left, but there was no urgency. They were not running up to go like, hey, we got to get going. Like I did not see that. And there were times where they were running the ball there. So for me, I just didn't see the urgency here from the Broncos, especially late in that fourth quarter there. It, to me, I think – I don't know what what factors into that. Is that coaching? Is I, I'm not sure here. Sean Payton, though, I think we got to talk about this. Sean Sean Payton's comments when he was hired. We've talked about this. When he was hired, he said he wants them to be anonymous donors. He goes on, gets a couple of lattes in the system. Which look, I've gotten several lattes in my system. I never go scorched earth though. And he let a lot of stuff get out that serves as bulletin board material. And the New York Jets, they've been waiting for it, right? They're waiting for the win so they can give Nathaniel Hackett the game ball, but they could also post on social media. So it's kind of like Sean Payton wants his players to not put their foots in their mouths. Well, what has he done? He has put his foot in his mouth. And now I think it's a kind of sour. A lot of my interaction I've gotten on social media, it is Broncos fans have kind of soured a little bit on Sean Payton. And look, it's like you don't put stuff like that out there. Like you got to take it on the chin. You, you got to take the massive L because you said we're not going to do this. You went out and you did that. It came back and now it looks negatively on the franchise and the fan base. Like they're they're not going to have any of that stuff. So to me, I think that's something we we had to talk about here. But can we talk about the offensive line too. You know, they, I, I feel like for a good portion of the season, there's been things that they've done well. Pass protection in this game and the second half in particular really kind of faltered here for the Broncos. And that led to a lot of the negative outcomes that we saw, unfortunately, kind of unfold there in the second half with the punt, 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 three straight possessions of a three and out. And then the turnover there. A lot of really bad pass protection in this game. I, I saw, I mean, Lloyd Cushenberry got whipped. I saw Garrett Bowles get called for a hold. Mike McGlinchey repeatedly getting whipped off of his edge. I mean, it is... It, it caused me to question, Cody, maybe you get an opportunity to ask this question throughout the week. But look, somebody has to ask Sean Payton, were you guys wrong in your evaluation during free agency on Mike McGlinchey? Because he's part of the reason why you guys are losing games right now. He's one of the highest paid players on the team. It's unacceptable. And you're right. Sean Payton has to take these 
on the chin. He has to start taking the high road. You love that. You love to see in the off season. You love candor from a head coach. I love hearing his honesty. I loved hearing kind of his bluntness towards last. I, I was a really a big fan of the USA Today comments, Cody. Not necessarily that he's slamming Nathaniel Hackett, but that hey, somebody's finally somebody's finally saying something that actually resonates with how we as fans of the team are feeling and, and what we went through. Like that seems to get lost in the translation here is like the fans of the team are the ones getting embarrassed right now. It's the fans of the team that like Sean Payton, you're putting us in a position. Now we got to answer to all these, these jets people online. And now we've got to answer to all these other people who are, Hey, remember when Sean Payton said this, they're pulling up all these receipts and we're going to be the ones that have to answer to when you start trading guys away, when you start like trading Randy Gregory, which I didn't get to chat with you much about other than texting the day of, but yeah. it's like it, it's embarrassing to be in that position as a franchise. Failed free agent signings, busts of draft picks, coaches not doing what they're supposed to do or not doing what they say they're going to do. It, it's all across the board. It's all encompassing. Aren't the Broncos supposed to be more fundamentally sound now with Sean Payton? Like, isn't that what we expected this team even early on? OK, even if you're a bad team, you're going to be tougher to beat because Sean Payton's your head coach, dang it. So if teams are going to beat you, it's going to be scratching and clawing to do so. And the Broncos are going to be at least a tough out. It doesn't look like that. I think Robert Sala, I don't know if it was a fake tweet or not. You don't know what's real or fake anymore. After the game, apparently he said something to the effect of, basically, we should have kicked those guys' butts. We didn't convert in the red zone on how many attempts did they have. Like he basically said, we should have beat them like handily. We should have blown them out of the water. And they should have. And I'm glad if he really said that, because look, they should have. And the Broncos should hear that kind of stuff and say, look, we got to look internally at the roster. We can't just keep changing head coaches and doing this and that. That's where I'm at with it, Cody. Pass protection, to sum up, was really bad. Well, and look, so many other things, too, is just I, I think the game plan, like we talked about, like nobody getting open was well, because the Jets are running a too, too high safety shell there. They're not even moving Sauce Gardner to cover a certain guy. They're keeping him on one side of the field. And there was a play. He goes out of the game with an injury. You know what I would do with that very instance? I'm saying guys up in the box. I'm saying, hey, Sauce is out on this play. Let's dial up. Let's take a shot. Now's our chance to take a shot here. They go and they do the double reverse end around where Samaj AP Ryan even said after the game, he pitched it a little too high to Marvin Mims, fumbled it, and, and Denver just couldn't capitalize. And once again, like Denver had just gotten the ball back because they forced a fumble that they had recovered a big-time moment where they needed it, and then they turned the ball over there. So it's just once again, it was one thing that happens, negative snowball effect. That's where things are at. But Denver's route concepts were short to intermediate. I mean, we would see like Russ would look to attack the, the intermediate, but you got corners playing up, you know, playing a lot of cover two in this particular instance, some cover three and cover four. And then he, he would just throw it short because look, they're giving him the short stuff. The deep stuff was not there because Denver wasn't running a lot of those deep concepts to set anything up. And at one point of the game, Jerry Judy was their leading receiver in the fourth quarter with seven yards receiving Sarah. Like, that is on coaching. Sean Payton has got to do a better job of that. And look, he said it after the game. It's on me. I've got to be better. But fans are tired of hearing that. Fans want to see that. And that could lead to what we're talking about here coming up. Now that Denver's at one and four, there's been some speculation and some reports as of Sunday morning that Denver could be looking to sell, sell, sell here. We'll take a look at what's next is the Broncos. They now have a short turnaround to take on the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. You're going to get all that conversation on today's episode 
Locked on Broncos. Today's episode of Locked on Broncos, our post-game report is brought to you by our friends over there at LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates that are available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And in minutes, you can create a free job post at LinkedIn Jobs. Then all you do is you add your job and you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Make sure you close out the year on the right note with the right team member. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, real quick, just want to say thank you once again to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for rocking with us here. Broncos country, It does, you know, you lose a game like this, you drop to one and four. Well, the road, the outlook doesn't get a lot easier here going forward because now Denver has a short turnaround from a very, very physical game. Now they're at one and four. They got to go take on the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium on Thursday night football. And Sarah, to be honest with you, we look back at you know the Broncos games this season. You can make an argument if things go right in certain ways. They're they're maybe four and one, maybe three and two at worst. But now, I mean, they they didn't do those things. They had a lot of things go negatively in their favor, and they couldn't capitalize. Now they're one and four. Now you got to play the Kansas City Chiefs or just. A juggernaut, like well, they're going through their own ups and downs in some facets. They're still loaded, and they're going to be the best team that Denver's faced so far this season, besides Miami. Right, and and we're not going to try to be necessarily doom and gloom here on the podcast, but like Broncos are facing the very real reality of being one and five here in just a couple of days, and they will have a lot of time to kind of think about, hey, what are we going to do? Do we want to get ahead of the trade deadline? Like at one and five, the best you're going to be before. I think the trade deadline is October 31, Cody. So that puts us at roughly at what? Uh, after the Chiefs game, two or three more games there in between the trade deadline and that Dubai. Chiefs game. So yeah. I just, at best, let's say you do lose to Kansas City and you play them again there a couple weeks after that. At best, you're looking at, you know, what being three and five, four and five at the trade deadline. And if you even if you do get to that point, are you not going to sell some of these pieces off when you could get draft compensation for some of these guys and maybe significantly, you know, draft compensation in some of these instances? I don't know exactly what the Broncos are planning, but I think if they do lose to Kansas City, as just about everybody is going to expect on Thursday, I think that will start the process on like, all right, let's let's start getting the the wheels moving here. Let's get ahead of the trade deadline a little bit. We don't necessarily want to be, you know, compromising good offers that could come in. You could probably get better draft picks for guys with more games left in the season, right? So you've got that 10-day break in between that that Chiefs Thursday night game and your next game against Green Bay. The Broncos could look way, way different by it's Sunday as we're recording this five days from now the Denver Broncos could start to be looking a lot different as of that game, you know, that night or the day after the Chiefs game. The outlook doesn't look good based on how they're playing, right? Like there's a real chance that going into the bye, Denver could be one and seven 
at, at one and eight at that point. And then guess what? You open up on Monday night football uh, week 10 against the Buffalo Bills on the road. I mean, it doesn't get any easier. And we used to think, OK, maybe maybe Houston's a winnable game. But even Houston's playing some really dang good football right now. They're under D'Amico Ryan's. So, I mean. The outlook, I and look, Broncos fans have no optimism, and the Broncos haven't given fans any reason to be optimistic here. But Denver could be looking at maybe one of their worst seasons in franchise history. I mean, Denver, I'm not going to go that far, but I'm like, Denver has a real chance to not win a game the rest of the way here, sir, because the schedule does not get any easier against any of the teams that they're playing. And that, I think, is a very, very concerning pain point because Broncos fans know me. I'm usually optimistic in a sense, like, okay, here's what they can do to win this game. Or I look at you, just like you, we look at solution-based kind of ideas and strategies where the team can maybe get a win. And it's like, well, they can't do these things. Like the things that we're saying, like they need to do to win. They just simply can't do it. Right. And it's easier done than said, but it, I mean, it's easier said than done. I'm, I'm tongue twisted here, but it's just to me, I, the outlook for this team does not look very promising. And it's like, you're right. We could see an entirely different Broncos team 10 days from now, but I even think that by the time even week 14 of this season rolls around, I think that this Denver team is going to look entirely different and there's going to be some changes and there's going to be some hard changes that I do think are going to come up because Adam Schefter reported, Ian Rappaport had reported on Sunday morning that, hey, teams are interested. Teams are calling about Frank Clark. Teams are calling about Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and that's expected to continue. And then they even said something, Schefter said something along the lines of any player on the defensive side of the ball will be available for the right offer. So it's like, for me, I... I'm a big believer, like, you need a good cornerback. You need a really good cornerback in Patrick Sertan. To me, I feel like he's the one guy that's probably untouchable there. Justin Simmons, I would want him to go to a contender if the Broncos were to do anything. I just, I don't know. It's, it's just a rough state to be in right now for Broncos country. It is, Cody. And I would kind of I would kind of say, like, depending on what the offer is for PS2, I would I would entertain offers for him. I mean, honestly, and I'm not trying to say that because I'm being a baby after a loss or anything, but look, PS2 could legitimately get you multiple first round picks, maybe a second or third on top of that, just like we saw Jalen Ramsey get the Jacksonville Jaguars a handful of years ago. And yes, those draft picks are wild cards, right? You're you're throwing a dart at that point and you're saying, hey, we, we, we're hoping to hit a bullseye here. We're trading one of our best players. But the reality is, is the, the way the roster is constructed right now, you may need to kind of say, okay, what are, if you're looking at this like a game of Monopoly, right? You may need to start selling off one of your bigger properties there and say, hey, we, we've got this. We can turn this into multiple other assets. Patrick Sertan is really the most valuable guy the Broncos have to do that. And yes, he would be valuable if the team was really close to contention. But look, they're going to have to extend him next year. And, and that's the reality of that situation that he's going to be wanting an extension. It kind of feels like, you know, some of these guys in Denver, I, I know they're sick of losing. I know they hate losing. Like you said, the locker room, not a very pleasant place. You can't help but feel like some of these guys, I'm not putting words in PS2's mouth or anything, but like some of these guys, you can't help but think like they, they'd rather have one foot out the door and say, I'd, I'd rather go to a team that's in contention and, and play for that. Like, Imagine PS2 going with Randy Gregory to the 49ers like that team right now. They don't who cares about draft picks. They're in that kind of situation where they could do stuff like that. The Broncos are in a situation where they need those draft picks to have cost controlled players on the roster going forward and higher draft choices than they've had because Russell Wilson has an albatross of a contract that's going to eat up so much of the cap space. So it's a tough situation to be in. But the reality is, is that, man, everybody on this roster could be up for grabs for the right price. 
And I think, uh, you know, you really have to go and have some thought on there. Like, you know, where do you want to, where do you want to be like from a developmental standpoint? Right. And, and I think this is a conversation that I think this is where ownership does get involved and say, you know, Sean, like we got to rebuild, we got to, we got to tear this down. I wonder how that conversation will go though, because Sean Payton doesn't strike me as the type of guy who wants to do a rebuild, Sarah. So I don't know what that would look like. Uh, but you know, you mentioned a great point about Pat. Pat's a guy that's been so used to winning, like a high school at American Heritage, college at Bama. I mean, he's he's been a guy that's been accustomed to winning. Same thing with Jerry Judy. And then these guys come to the Denver Broncos, and all they do is lose, lose, lose. Like that eats up at you, right? These guys are competitors. They 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 get that fire. They want to win. Justin Simmons is a guy who wants to win so bad. Like I feel bad for him because he's a guy who gives his heart and his soul. And, and there's so many guys on this team that give their heart and soul to the you know the what they do on offense or defense. But it's just the end result is just not working. It could it continues to be the same exact thing, and it, it continues to be the same story. Just as I've said throughout the show, just dressed up a little bit differently. So. Broncos country, if we have to leave you with one question here today, we want to ask you, will a win on Thursday against Kansas City, if Denver can do that, will that change anything in your opinion about should they become sellers? Should they make some roster changes? Let us know in the YouTube comments or if you're listening wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you so much there. Broncos country, Sarah Benninger and myself will be back tomorrow for another episode of Lockdown Broncos short turnaround week with Thursday Night Football. We'll hear from Broncos head coach Sean Payton. We'll get some reaction as well from the locker room and the Broncos. Not a lot of time to prepare, but you get all the coverage here. Locked on Broncos.